Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. 2 Timothy chapter 1 is where we're at. 2 Timothy chapter number 1. It says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Ushers, I'm going to let you have a seat. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. Please look at verse number 2. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son. Now, if you keep your Bibles open right there, this book of 2 Timothy tells us in verse number 2 that it was written to Timothy, hence the name of the book. But then Timothy is qualified by my beloved son. There are only three people who carried this commendation from the Apostle Paul throughout the New Testament. Only three carried this to where he said, um, this is my son, Onesimus, book of Philemon, He said, I beseech thee, talking to Philemon, for my son Onesimus. Now, Onesimus was a son that was begotten in Paul's bonds. When Paul was in prison, uh, Onesimus trusted Christ. And Paul looked at Onesimus and said, this is my son. Then the next one is Titus. Titus 1.4, to Titus, mine own son, after the common faith. But then you come to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 2. This is the only one that is given emotion, if you will, to this son. The others were sons in the faith. They were, I met Onesimus, and this is now my son because we were thrown together for a situation. He then comes to Titus, and he says, now this is my son because we have a common Faith, we have a common salvation. But, but Timothy was something a little bit different. Timothy was described by Paul in verse number two that this is my dearly beloved son. Now, this is Mother's Day, and I'm going to transition into motherhood. But before we get there, I just want to step up and tell you this. Timothy was phenomenal. He's Timotheus in the Bible. Timothy in the Bible, but when you study Timothy and you study everything that this young man did, and, and you're going to find out Timothy was amazing. In, in Acts 17, 14, Timothy worked with Silas. In Acts 19, 22, Timothy worked with Erastus, who was the CFO of Corinth. Acts 20 and verse number 4, Timothy was part of a seven-man evangelistic team that went into Asia. Romans chapter 16, verse 21, Timothy was part of the four-man staff that for Paul in the city of Rome. 1 Corinthians 4, 17, Timothy was sent by Paul to the church at Corinth. 2 Corinthians 1, 19, Timothy was part of a three-man preaching team in Corinth. 1 Thessalonians 1, 1, uh, Timothy was sent sent to the Thessalonians, this Timothy was not just a stationary man. This man, Timothy, carried the heart of Paul to where like he was all over the place. Paul had three missionary journeys. 
Paul went everywhere, and Paul's effectiveness in ministry was because he had somebody right next to him that was solid. Timothy was solid. Timothy could be entrusted. Timothy could preach the gospel. Timothy knew how to put things in order. Timothy could carry the hard messages. And Timothy was an amazing young man. And now let's transition to motherhood. Where did this amazing young man come from? Where do you get this kind of quality? Where, where do you get this kind of endurance? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace and mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord, I thank God, whom I am served with my forefathers, um, with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers day and night, night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy." And would you look at verse number five? Now, moms, I want to come to you this morning, and, and I'm going to give you my title here in just a moment. But look at this. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, this is talking about Timothy, which dwelt where? First, in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am what? persuaded that it's in thee also. Do you know that, that Paul was looking at Timothy and Paul said to Timothy, let me tell you something. I know your grandmother and I know your mother. I know their faith. I know the kind of faith, unfeigned if you will, and one of the elementary definitions of unfeigned means there's no masking it, you, what you see is what you get. It's Grandma's not one way at the church house and another way at the house. Come on now. Grandma doesn't hang up her Christianity when she leaves the front door and get in the car and act like a heathen. Catch Grandma anywhere you want to catch Grandma, and she's a Christian. Catch, 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 catch your grandmother. Doesn't matter. Grandmother was in the field. That woman shouting praises to God. Catch your grand. What you see is what you get. Not a perfect faith. A real faith. And what Christianity needs, if I could just step off this path, step to the side, grab a soapbox, and step on top of it, the world is tired of fake people. They're called actors for a reason. The world is looking for the people that name the name of Christ to be real. And the reason the gospel is stopped at, at, at the doorstep of where we live is because we're not real in how we live, and that's why this gospel can't get out. So how does that person get to connect with that person? You want to know why? Because there's no fakery. There's no, what you see is what you get. Now let me get back to the, get off my soapbox and get back. That didn't cost you anything. Unfeigned faith. And Paul was saying to Timothy, you are amazing. However, the home Timothy came from was a spiritually blended home with two different viewpoints about Christ. How did Timothy make it through a blended home? Would you go to Acts chapter 16? And in Acts chapter 16, we'll look at the kind of spiritually blended home uh, that Timothy came from. Boy, this so encouraged me when I'm 
when I'm helping people with, with their children and the fears that moms have and the fears that grandmothers have. Look at Acts 16, verse 1. Then came he to Derby and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a, what please, Jewish. Now understand what's fixing to happen here. This girl was raised knowing the Torah. This girl was raised knowing what a holy God was. This girl was raised knowing that that God would have a son. She was a Jewish Although the Jews had apostatized with their rituals without a relationship, they still knew that God's going to send a Messiah, and that Messiah will come. The Jew, Jews at that time didn't believe it was Jesus Christ. So they totally rejected this man from Nazareth, born in Bethlehem, when he said, I am the Son of God. They totally rejected that, but they knew. Someday the Messiah is coming. This is how this girl was raised. But look at what he says here. The son of a certain woman, that's Eunice, which was a Jewish, and what, please, believed. At some point in this young lady's life, in mama's life, I don't know when it was, but at some point in this, this young, this lady's life, guess what? She realized Jesus is the Messiah. And she, what, believed. Don't you love that word? Believe. You know how you and I get saved? Believe. She believed. But somewhere along the way, her being a Jew mixed with a man that was a Greek. I don't know how it went, y'all. I don't know. I don't know if this Jew girl was out someplace and met this Greek man, and this Greek man said, man, you're beautiful. And the Jew girl goes, thank you. And the Jew girl went, man, you got big muscles. And he said, thank you. I don't know how it happened, but this, this Jew girl looked at this Greek man and fell in love, got married, and from that love came a young man named Timothy. Here is this young man growing up in a blended home. Now, I find it very interesting here that the father was a Greek. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, would you go there, please? And you say, well, what is the big deal about being, him being a Greek? Why was there a distinction here in this? Well, if you'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the Greeks had a definite mindset about wisdom. They had a definite opinion about this man named Jesus. So look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after what? 1 Corinthians 1, 23. The Greeks seek after wisdom. They have to intellectually look at it. It's not intellectually making sense that if you're the king of the Jews, why did you let somebody kill you? It's not making sense. But then if you look at verse 23, he said this, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block. Now, now get what he just said. This is the home that Timothy grew up in. Unto the Jews, it's a what? Stumbling block. They stumble over the fact that Jesus stood up and said before Abraham, I was. No, no, they stumbled over that. When Jesus stepped up and said, Abraham rejoiced, they, they stumbled over this. When, when Jesus stood up and said, my father and I are one, 
they stumbled over this. When he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, the Jews were like, no, this does not make sense. This cannot be happening. So this Jew girl grew up in a home that they stumbled over every time that Jesus stepped into the synagogue and Jesus stepped into the Old Testament and Jesus stepped in and he, and, 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 and he read from Isaiah. Do you remember that day he read from Isaiah in the synagogue that he said, I've come to, to heal the sick and and, and this, and then he said this after he closed the book and he sat down. He said, This day is this prophecy fulfilled. And they said, No. Can you see him going home from synagogue? They're good Baptist Jews. You want to know how I know? They had preacher for lunch. Can, can, you, can you hear at the table? Huh. Huh. Can you believe what that guest speaker said today when he read from Isaiah? He had the audacity to sit down after he read about our Messiah coming. And he said to us, this day, is it fulfilled in your ears? Can you believe that? Let me tell you something. It was a stumbling block. But to the Greeks, this story of Jesus dying on the cross and being buried, but unto the Greeks, it was what, please? Foolishness. So this Jew girl growing up, this Greek boy growing up, they meet each other. And then as they're sitting, getting to know about each other. Hey, hey, what do you like? What do you like? What do you get to do? You want to go on a date on Saturday? And the Jewish girl goes, well, I kind of can't go. I'm busy on Saturday. What are you busy doing? Nothing. Because the Jews didn't do anything on the Sabbath day. So, so can you see this? <laughs> what would you like to eat? And the, and, and, and the Greek boy said, man, I know a great Greek restaurant. And she's like, mm, ah, there's some things on that menu I can't eat. They, may, they had differences, but one thing they agreed on. You know what it was? Jesus is not the Messiah. And the Greek says, yeah, isn't that the craziest thing you've ever heard? Foolishness. Isn't that the craziest thing you ever heard? He claimed, isn't that, who, who lets them beat you up and put you on a cross? Intellectually, remember? They, they, intellectually. But one day, whenever it happened, this girl came back from a revival meeting someplace, and guess what? She believed. Now, I don't know if her grand, her mother, Timothy's grandmother believed then, but all of a sudden, grandmother's a believer. She's a believer. And here's this boy growing up in this spiritually home that's two-side. And when, and when, when mama came home and said, they just taught us about Jesus. And they just told us stories about Jesus. And then all of a sudden, daddy would go, huh, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's the foolish, foolishness, believe in somebody you can't even see and believe in he's alive. You know, they stole his body on that third day. You know what them disciples did? They didn't roll away that stone. They took his body. In fact, that's what the book says until this day. That's what they said. And the Greeks, this is how this boy grew up then my question is this christian mama how did he become a force for god here's how it happened because mama was real mama was real have you figured out where your daddy will play with you and pat you on the head your mama will be honest with you deanna you look beautiful baby in my mind, I'm going seventh grade. You don't match, but you look beautiful. 
Kelly, you ain't wearing that. Go back and change. Ain't nobody going to call your mama a fool. Go in there and change. Dad's all about, I want you to love me. Mama's like, "Mm -mm, I'm your mama. Get back in there and change. Understand, it's the realness. And when you come to the text, please know this. And here, here is the title for this morning. Mother, be a spiritual influencer. You've got power. Use that power. Do not let anybody tell you that the mothers of our society are weak. Mothers are not weak. Don't, don't let anybody tell you that, that, that the forces outside of your home are bigger than the words that come out of your heart. You listen to me. You're an influencer. Be a spiritual influencer. There'll be a lot of people that would teach your children how to do, but there is one voice that teaches them what to become. They may learn how to have a trade. They may learn how to do this. The teacher may teach them the hows of it, but I'm going to tell you right now, mom, don't underestimate the fact that God gave you to the God gave them to you. God put them in your womb. God gave you them in your heart. You're the one that carried them. You're the one that stayed up all night with them. You're the one that changed the diaper. You're the one that cries when things go wrong to dad the children he loves the children but to dad they're an investment to mama she loves them don't look at me that way you dads don't all of a sudden go female on me you know they're an investment to you the bible says this that a child can waste away his father and bring his mother to shame you know what that means Dad looks at the child, and when the child says, I need new shoes, teenager says, I, I need new shoes. You know what dad says? Get duct tape. You got about two more days out of them things. You got about another month out of them things. You, you know what mama says? Oh, baby, are your feet hurting? Your toes kind of curled up in the end. We got to get you some new shoes. Dad's like, go to Walmart and get them on sale. Mama's like, no, baby, we can get them on Amazon, and uh, we can get them here the next day. You, you know, you know to, to dad, it's an investment. You, you, know, you don't know this, but with every birthday, your mama is throwing parties, and she's getting out the pictures, and she has that happy birthday sign that she's had for everybody that you stick up. Tradition at our house. <laughs> I, I feel sorry for the great-grandchildren that's going to just say, happy. And uh, so that's all I was going to say. And then, and, and, but, but you know, your, your, your mama's like, oh, my growing up your daddy's in the back room going two more years he gets a job uh three more years he gets married four more years he's out of my house and uh then i can get that new truck i can get that new bass boat i can get mm, mm. now you husbands know i'm telling you it, it is like man i'm gonna party when that kid's gone mama's like don't leave my house i said all that to say this mama you're the influencer and there was something about this combination. And if you look at First, Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, I want you to notice how did Timothy become the young man that he was. Let me show you how. Look at it. He had two generations of real people. Could, could I just focus in on this? He had two generations of somebody who was real. I, I'm going to tell you, don't lose hope. Don't, don't lose hope if you think you're losing the battle. 
Don't, don't lose hope if you think that, that right now that, that, that you, you people that, that are listening to us by live stream and, and, and maybe you have children that six months live over here and six months live over there and two months live over there and you're like, there's no consistency. You listen to me. There may be inconsistency because of the schedule, but let there be consistency in the faith of mama. Stay strong in the Lord and stay real. Because unfeigned faith. Paul didn't say, you know what? You, you make quilts just like your grandmother and your mother. He did not say, Timothy, you know what? You, that, that look on your face right there, that reminds me of your grandmother. No, no, no. When Paul looked at Timothy, he said, you know what? I see in you the same real faith that your grandmother has and your mother has. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us what happened to his daddy. The Bible only tells us that mama was real. Grandmother was real. It takes a lot of generations in a family to produce real. If you're here right now on this Mother's Day and your mama's real, she, she may have issues. All mama's got issues. You know why she has issues? She had to put up with you for nine months in her belly. That's why she's got issues. All mamas got their quirks. All mamas got that look. All mamas got that tone. You know, it's in the Bible, y'all. It's in 2 Bob 1.1. 1, 1. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, but if you could chart your course right now and say this, if I don't have strong faith, unfeigned faith, I'm getting ready to tell you the real definition of unfaith, if I, unfeigned, if I don't have unfaith in my genealogy, then that unfeigned faith is going to start with me right now. If you're here, young ladies, listen to this. If you're here with children yet to be born out of your body, Children yet to come from you. Listen, start the unfeigned faith journey right now. That way when you get married, it doesn't matter how much opposition comes within the family or without the family. You know what children hang on to as they grow up? Who's real? Who loves God? Who is the real deal? And that's the person I'm hooking my train to. You see, because with the Greeks, they were all, always intellectual. You know what that means? The next smart thing that comes along, that's what they're attracted to. And the next critical is what they are involved in. You see, Greeks at either end were like, oh, that makes intellectual sense. And then it was like, yeah, you're right, that's foolishness. To the degree people become spiritually smarter without Christ is to the degree they become spiritually snarky. It's not real. It's not real. Do you know what we need? We need mamas who their boys can grow up knowing, my mama's not perfect, but I'm going to tell you right now, my mama loves God. And my mama has unfeigned faith. Somebody ought to be able to look at your children and pick up on mama, grandmother's faith. I'm going to end with this. Would you go to 2 Timothy chapter 1? 
in verse number 5, and let's go back and let's look at this, if you will. And then I'm going to ask you to use your Bible. You say, Pastor, I want to influence my children. Do I influence them by sitting them down and teaching them for nine days in a row? No. No, no, no. It is not the schedule of what you keep. It is the spirituality of who you are. Please know this. Your schedule is going to change according to that kid. That kid's going to grow up. He's going to have ball practice. He's going to be going over there. He's going to go to camp. And you might as well, you might as well get a gas, gas effective car when your kids hit being a teenager. Do not get some big thing that only gets four miles to the gallon. You better get you an electric car. You better, you're going to be up and down the highway. Miss Bagwell, you stick out in my mind as a lady that made thousands of trips from Kilgore to Longview over and over and over and over and over again. And, and, and in fact, one day we went by the house. I'll drop them off. She said, too late. I'm already at the church. All right, let me tell you, get ready. But here is what you need. The word unfeigned, would you look at that? When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that it's in thee also. That word unfeigned is a very interesting word. When I started studying that word out, where it is used at in, 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 in someplace else, in the New Testament, would you go to Romans chapter 12 and verse number 9? And I am just about there to where we're ready to close. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 9. You would think that unfeigned faith means that your faith better be superior. That your faith, mama, better be bigger than anybody else's faith. When we think about unfeigned faith, we confuse it with strong faith. So a lot of times we'll, we'll compare our motherhood to other people's motherhood. You know, you know, I carry a thin Bible, and uh, when I preach, this is not my study Bible, it's a thin Bible, and, uh, and I told uh, uh, someone years ago when I first became pastor, it was Roy Anania, he handed me a thin Bible my first Sunday, and he said, hey, I thought you would enjoy this Bible, and would you preach out of it? And um, after my very first Sunday of preaching, I'm like, man, I'm preaching out of a thin Bible. The other day, I was someplace preaching, he goes, not going to be much of a sermon, is it, Brother Gray? It's thin. I'm like, well, what's that got to do with it? He said, well, that preacher right there, he's getting ready to preach. That's a thick Bible. I said, you know what that means? When he preaches, you ain't getting out till midnight. When I preach, you're getting out in 10 minutes. Pick which sermon you want to stay with, amen? But sometimes that's what we do with motherhood. We, we, we look at a mother and say, oh, oh, that mother can do this, and that mother can do that, and that mother can do this, and look at their faith. Unfeigned faith is not the blossoming and it's not the towering of faith. Do you know what unfaith is? It, it, it is very interesting. And I just started to chuckle. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Let love be, what is the next word, please? That's the other English word for unfeigned. I'm like, okay. Look at it says, let love be without what? dissimulation. Basically, it means let love be without I'll pick that and I'll pick that. Mama, if you're only a good Christian when it's convenient for your reputation, 
That's fake. So if you want to understand it even more, go to James chapter 3. Let love be without. So unfeigned faith is not a faith that is strong and towering. I've got to be bigger than... My faith has got to be bigger than anybody else's faith, and I've got to be able to know more Bible, and I've got to be able to more know more about the Word, and I've got to be able to be well-versed in everything as a mom. No, 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 no. No. Well, i got to get in the choir, and, I, and I, my, my unfeigned faith is I've sung in the choir for 30 years. No. That's not big faith. Look what it says here. Look at James 3.17. But that wisdom, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without what, please? Partiality. And without what? Hypocrisy. Your children in time to come may not agree with your faith. But they should be able to say this, you believed it. Did you hear that? In time to come, they may not agree with your faith. But they need, need, need to be able to say this, I'll tell you one thing about my mama, she believes it. And that faith is just not geographical. And that faith is just not when it's convenient. No, my mama believed it. And it doesn't matter how old you and I get, the thing that takes people and makes them love your God is not, this is going to sound terrible, is not more church outside of the regular schedule. It's more mama being real. When somebody is surrounded by hypocrisy and somebody is surrounded by things that are not real, they can't believe it when they meet somebody real. Y'all ever been there? And it's like, no, 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 no. You mean that, don't you? It's like, no, I mean that. If I can encourage you moms, be a spiritual influencer. How? How? How many of your mother has that cologne, that, that, that perfume that when she wore it, you know that's her, her perfume? How I many know what I'm talking about that you would never wear? <laughs> you know, I got, I, I, I got cologne I love. I got some cologne I love. And I can promise you, Jordan's like, Dad, you, am I right, son? Dad, you love it, but that's old man cologne. <laughs> you know, it's like when somebody says, you wear Old Spice. It's like, yeah, what's wrong with the white bottle with the red top and... What's wrong with that? He smells like Old Spice. Listen, this unfeigned faith. Mom, could I just encourage you? Your biggest influence comes with this. When you keep your faith pure, and it's not what you add to your faith, it's what you're always taking out of your faith. It's, it's what you're saying, no, 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 that, that doesn't belong in my spirit. That doesn't belong. This doesn't honor the Lord. I don't need to be this. I don't need to be that. It is that time you get alone with the Lord and you do introspection on this. I want to be real and I want to be genuine. And I love it when people say, you know, that's just who I am. You got to live with it. Well, that's not who Christ is. And maybe we need to adjust who we are to who he is so we don't have to live this constant us. Let it be the Lord. Unfeigned faith. Grandmother had it. Mama had it, 
And Paul said this to Timothy, you remind me of your grandmother and your mom. Why? Because your faith is without dissimulation. If you want to understand that even more, it's without partiality and it's without hypocrisy. And it doesn't matter how old mama gets, that's what mama believes. And it doesn't matter how old mama gets, that's who mama is. Now, our faith is not to be meant as a, bu- a, a, a bat to beat people up. Our faith is not meant to be used as a bully tactic to get people to, to, to give in. Faith is something to be, to, to, to be worn. Faith is something to be done. And when, when you believe it, I'll end with this story. We were teenagers. We were at my grandfather's house. And uh, my, dad, my, my dad reached up to the butter and, uh, and he sliced, he, he scraped the butter. My grandfather's hand comes across, grabs my father's wrist. Now, now I'm a teenager. My father's in his 30s. He grabs my, grand, my, my grandfather, grabs, he says, Glenn, we slice the butter at this table. We don't scrape. I'm sitting there as a teenager going, mm. Mm. Go get him, Grandpa. <laughs> it didn't matter. At this table, at this table, we slice the butter. We don't scrape it. Granddad believed something. He stuck to it. Mama, listen to this. You're a bigger influence than what you realize you are. But your influence doesn't come from grabbing the wrist and stating something like my grandfather did, your influence comes when you're real. When you're real. This real faith is what we have to have. And real faith is not done by conforming. Real faith is done by conversion. Because when you're converted on the inside, just say, Lord, I just want you. I just want to be real. Mama, you're powerful. You know it and I know it. Use that power to build your faith. And what you're going to find out is, is that your children, when they give testimony when you're gone, they'll say this, that's my mama's Bible. That's my mama's chair. That's my mama's God. And there's no greater thing to be said. My mama was real. And part of being real, sometimes you have to apologize. Part of being real is sometimes you have to go ask for forgiveness. Part of being real is when you have to step up and go, I can't do that because that doesn't honor the Lord. Just unfeigned faith. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.